You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the war, 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 the the war, the war, the war, the war, the war, the war, the of the Inside Black and Gold podcast, working for WWL AMFM down in the bayou, New Orleans, Louisiana. Our buddy Jeff Nowak joins us here on the show. Jeff, what's up, big fella? You know, uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for football, right? Uh, that that game last week, I was on the sideline for it. And I'm not sure I could, like, if the Saints had to play the Bucks every week, I don't know if I'd be a football fan. Because it's it's just miserable watching that. Like it's it's like watching a heavyweight fight that's just like it goes on for ten rounds and nobody wins. Like it, it, it's just going back and forth. Tom Brady is thrown into the dirt after. Like I timed the third down snaps in that game. He was getting the ball out in one point two seconds on like third and eleven. And it's like this is awful. This isn't great football. But you know the Saints lost. They're going up to Carolina. I know y'all think that everyone's overlooking the Panthers and maybe they are, but. I guarantee you this team uh, is not going to is not going to go light knowing that it has an eight hour flight ahead of them uh, that they have to digest whatever happens in this game. So, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun one, I think. So I, I have a simple question for you, Jeff, when you're on the sideline. Do you have any fear that you might get hit by a thrown tablet from Tom Brady? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And I have to stay on the opposite side of the field from him because he's going to spike at least one tablet. I'm honestly at this point, I'm more worried that Mike Evans is going to just like every time I'm walking down the street that Mike Evans might run across the road and punch me in the face because apparently that's what he does now. I, I I mean, he's done it twice at Saints games. And it's like, oh, if I'm wearing a Marshawn Lattimore jersey, I might be in trouble. I don't know. I, you know what we so so we sat in on Jeff's podcast a little while ago inside black and gold which you can also find where podcasts are found on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, or free on the Odyssey app if you want to listen and go behind enemy lines before our game on Sunday. Um, That is a guy in Marshawn Lattimore that we didn't talk about uh, as, as kind of an interesting piece because we have seen that Baker Mayfield is an emotional quarterback right now. I do think he's been a little bit subdued since he showed up in Carolina. But he is an emotional quarterback, good, bad, or ugly. And there may not be a defensive back in the league that is quite as good at getting into the heads of quarterbacks as Marshawn Lattimore is. We know Evans ate the one-game suspension. Lattimore, who, by the way, I don't understand why he got ejected from that game, but that's another discussion for another time. Uh, what is the identity of the New Orleans Saints defense right now? Because, you know, when years past, it's been about 
getting to the quarterback, hustling the quarterback. We've seen it work. I mean, you mentioned a heavyweight fight where nobody wins. The Saints are 6-1 and one against Tom Brady in the regular season since he's shown up in Tampa. But talk to me about what you genuinely think the identity of the Saints defense is and how you think it stacks up against what we've seen out of Carolina's offense so far. Well, I'll, I'll correct that. They're four and one against Tom Brady since because he's, he's been there for two years. That's right. Um, but they were four and zero going into that game, and they lost in the playoffs. Obviously, anytime that comes up in a conversation with the Bucks, it's like oh, we got in the playoffs, and they're not wrong. They've won two games in the Superdome. The Saints have won two games at Raymond James Stadium. And I don't get it. Whatever. Um, you know the the thing that the Saints want to do on defense is they want to lock up your cornerbacks in man-to-man coverage. Right, they they want to be able to take away. I'm sorry, they want to lock up your wide receivers in man to man coverage. They want to be able to take away your top two options with two guys. Then they can keep two safeties over the top, and they can just have the linebackers roam the middle of the field and make you have to find a way to beat them. And that so that's why they're aggressive in the draft at going after a guy like Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor. You know, you took a guy at a cornerback in the second round because he profiles as an elite man press man corner that you can just continue to you know rotate in. And so that's what they want to do. Now if you go back uh, you know not so much the the matchup last year but if you go back a few years ago when Teddy Bridgewater was there what the Panthers were able to do effectively against the Saints was you know attack downfield, right? Because what the Saints want to do is just pin you to the sideline. And if you can run a route that kind of picks off that defender and then you have the speed downfield and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, you can make some hay against that secondary because they're not geared to play you over the top because they don't expect anyone to get there. Um, so I think over the first two games, it's been the defensive backfield that has stood out to me, but that's not what the saints want to do. They want to get after the quarterback and one sack through two games is definitely grating on that defensive, you know, front that front seven, because they've spent a lot of first round picks on that on that pass rush, right? Cam Jordan obviously was a first round pick like a decade ago, so that doesn't really count. But you know, Peyton Turner was inactive last week. Their first round pick from last year, he was a healthy scratch. Um, you know, Marcus Davenport hasn't really gotten a ton of pressure. So these are guys who have to step up. And I think if the Saints are gonna dominate this game, you know, it you know, not not be competitive in it, if they're gonna dominate it, then it's gonna be because the pass rush wakes up and they're able to make Baker's life miserable in the pocket and force him to make decisions that, you know, might not be the best decision because he's under duress. If, if they allow Baker to sit back there and kind of pick them apart, because when you're going against man coverage, eventually someone's going to come open, you know, that's just how it works. Um, Then they could run into some trouble, I think. Well, as someone who covers the team, let's go to the other side of the, of the field and to the offense which do you think is better, a hurt Jameis or a healthy Andy Dalton? That's that's the question. And, you know, the frustrating thing this week has been, you know, we've, we have asked Jameis how his back is feeling at least eight different ways and all these creative different wordings. And every time he answers with, I just got to do a better job protecting the ball, which seems like a, an odd way to answer that question because that's not the question we asked. But <laughs> it's very clear that he is not interested in taking an excuse in terms of his back. But you do have to ask that question. The question is not going to go away, you know, especially if he comes out here and just doesn't look good again. You know, he's played seven quarters of, of rough football, right? He has played one 
remarkably good quarter of football, the fourth quarter against the Falcons, where he could do no wrong, and the Falcons just just caved in on themselves. But otherwise, you have seen a guy who has struggled significantly, and it's like you don't want to make the excuse that your back is is causing things. Then we have to just look at your body of work as, okay, you threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter of a big game. That's a problem. Like, you can't do that. Um, and so, like, if, if it is your back that is causing some mechanical issues and you're making bad decisions because of that, well, then, yeah, we have we have a way to fix that, <laughs> which is, you know, you spent good money to bring in Andy Dalton, right? They sacrificed a comp pick, which would probably have been a third-round comp pick, to sign Andy Dalton when they did because it counts against, you know, Teron Armstead going to the Dolphins and Marcus Williams going to Baltimore. So you signed two players, so you don't get those comp picks. So, like, they didn't bring Andy Dalton in on a whim. They brought him in because they wanted him. Um, and so, yeah, I think this is a game where I don't think they're going to sit him down. I really don't, you know, because he's a guy who wants to go out there, and I don't think that you're going to undermine your quarterback in that way this week. But if he struggles, that you have to seriously consider, um, you know, week four and beyond what you're going to do there because I don't know how quickly a fractured back heals. But, you know, I, I have a feeling that sitting down for a couple of weeks will help it. <laughs> so I, I think you just have to you have to see how it goes in. And I also think we might be overvaluing one quarter of football against a really good defense. Right. Like another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think the issue for Jameis in that game was a lot more about what when he said this was impatience in the game plan. The Saints were more than happy to win another 9 nothing game. I think if... If he continues to kind of check down and check down and force the Bucks to be the team that has to win that game, um, you know, they, the Saints have a better chance in it. And that's how you beat them with Taysom Hill as your quarterback last year. So, you know, I, I think we're going to learn a lot more about Jameis and if that injury is really affecting him this week. Um, but the, the Panthers, I'm sure, are not going to give him any, um, any time to rest. You know, if they can take shots at him, they're going to take shots at him. <laughs> Jeff Nowak hosts the Inside Black and Gold podcast, the podcast for the New Orleans Saints, available wherever Odyssey podcasts are found. Uh, you know, you talk about getting after quarterbacks, and I really think both defenses on the field Sunday, that is going to be the game plan, right? you got to get to Baker. you got to get to Jameis, force those guys to make mistakes, and we've seen them both do so this year. But obviously a big chunk of that is having to maintain honesty and integrity defensively because – both of these teams have an exceptional weapon at running back Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers, Alvin Kamara for the saints, but both of these guys are also uh, dealing with ankle injuries right now. Now McCaffrey, I am relatively sure is just getting a, Hey, let's keep as much tread on the tires as we can break, which is why he was listed on the injury report with an ankle for the Panthers this week. I think he's full go for Sunday Kamara obviously missed last week, and who knows how different of a game Tampa v. New Orleans is last week if AK-41 is available for you guys. Do you have an update on Alvin Kamara? Is he going to be a go for Sunday? Is he going to be full go limited role? And if so, or if not, 
How does that impact what Dennis Allen's going to want to do to uh, offensively, pardon me, against Carolina? Well, I will clean up. So it's a rib injury for Alvin, which I would argue is actually a worse injury to have as a running back in the sense that it's a very, it's a very targetable injury, right? <laughs> like, like if you're, if you're looking at, Oh, where am I going to tackle this running back? It's like, Oh, he has a, he has a bum rib. Okay. You're, you know, I'm going to put my shoulder in, into your ribs and we're going to see how you handle it. Um, but yeah, that kept him out last week. DA said that he was very close to playing, you know, it was, it was genuinely a decision that went up to game time and they ended up keeping him out. And, it was interesting watching him on the sideline. You could tell like it was painful for him to be standing on the sideline. He was pacing, you know, prowling even the sideline, almost like a like the like the head coach would, like Bruce Arians was for some reason. Um, and <laughs> he, so he, it's gonna, he got in trouble for that, by the way. Yeah, as he should. What the yeah. <laughs> like? It's not unusual for, and this is kind of a, a tangent, but like the issue wasn't, and they made it into like, well, the the Saints didn't give a spot, uh, like a a booth to sit in. It was like, well. No one gets an extra booth in the Superdome. It's an it's like a fifty year old building, and like there's not enough space to just hand out you know like luxury boxes to people, and so it's not unusual for people to be on the sideline. I was on the sideline. There's a lot of people on the sideline, but you're not supposed to be pacing the edge of the field where the head coach is supposed to be. That's the issue. Anyway, moving on um, for Alvin. So the good sign this week for in terms of Alvin's availability. Last week he practiced on Wednesday. He was limited on Wednesday, but then he was held out Thursday and Friday. And so when you start practice for the week and then you start missing practices, it's usually a sign that's like, yeah, you tried to give it a go and it didn't work. Um, and you, that's the point where you're like, okay, we're going to dial it back this week. He practiced Wednesday and Thursday. He was limited. Um, but you know, I think he's on track to play. I would, I would guess that unless he has the setback, he's ready to go. But I do think he's going to be limited in that game in some capacity. You, knowing a guy has a rib injury, you can't you know, plow him in between the tackles 10 to 15 times and be like, yeah, he's going to be fine. Don't worry. You, know, you have Mark Ingram, you have Tony Jones, you have Dwayne Washington, and I'm sure there's going to be a rotation at the running back spot, especially on early downs. But one thing that I've said about Jameis since the start, and you know, he has not done anything to ease this critique, he does not use his running backs in the passing game anywhere near as good as you need to for a team that has Alvin Kamara. Like if you don't have an elite receiving running back, fine. You know, if you're playing with Ronald Jones, don't throw to him. He can't catch anyway. That's fine. If you're playing with Alvin Kamara and you are not feeding him the ball in the passing game, then you are not doing your job as the, as the offensive leader of that team. And I would say the same thing about Baker. You know, if you're not throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey, then you're not doing your job right. And you something needs to change. And so that's what I think when you're looking at Alvin in the offense and how Jameis operates in the offense, the amount of which he is he's willing to just give Alvin the ball and let him make a play. Give anyone the ball short of the short of the you know, like the first down marker and allow them to make a play, this offense will operate better. But so much of the time, and last week was a good indicator of that where he threw to Chris Olave 13 times. He threw to a rookie in his second career game 13 times, connected on five of them. And I was like, this is a game where you just need to stack first down. You don't need to hit those big shots. But, you know, that's my main critique of Jameis. And not having Alvin, I think, was a factor there. So if he's in the game, I think that's where you you gain an advantage is he's he does not have an excuse to not check down to the running back because you have to get Alvin the ball no matter what. Um, so that's that's the difference. That's the big difference in terms of the Saints operating with him or without him. I think they actually ran the ball better without him because when he's not in there, I think the defense has a tendency to say, well, we don't have to worry about the run game. 
And so, you know, Mark Ingram ran for 60 yards on 10 carries in that game. He fumbled and that was rough. But, you know, I think that that's, that's where you, um, that's where you're going to see the difference. By the way, I, I, uh, I'm from Ohio. I'm a big Ohio state fan. So uh, I don't think that he threw to Chris Olave enough. And hopefully you should do that this week uh, even more so. Although um, if Chris Olave catches the ball, it's kind of scary. Can you talk about how many – is it weird having so many Ohio State players, so many players from one team on an NFL team? It's unusual. Well, yeah, yeah I was going to say he he threw to Chris Olave enough. He just didn't throw close enough to Chris Olave enough, if that makes sense. Like he threw in his direction plenty. <laughs> he just didn't throw it where he could catch it. Anyway, yeah, no, it's it's kind of a running joke that, you know, it, when you watch an Ohio State game, you're just scouting, right? <laughs> like, it's like watching the next generation of Saints players because I think you have, you know, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore, even guys like Nick Vanette, right? Like, even even their depth guys are Ohio State guys. And so, yeah, it's kind of a running joke. Pete Werner's another one. Um, Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins was another one. You know, they, they, just, they just keep showing up. Uh, so, like, yeah, I mean when I was kind of going through my mock draft and trying to figure out, okay, they're going to draft a wide receiver. It was kind of an open secret that they were going to draft the wide receivers. Like, Oh, which one? There's a lot of wide receivers in the draft. Oh wait, two of them are from Ohio state. Yeah. They're, they're going to get one of those guys. You know, <laughs> uh, It was, it was like never a question and it, it's, it's not a coincidence, right? That's what you kind of learn as you watch this team build a roster. And it's like, they didn't just end up with Ohio state players. They feel comfortable about the evaluations they are getting from the players at Ohio State, right? Like you have connections with coaches. It's the same reason they feel comfortable taking guys out of Stanford. David Shaw and Sean Payton, you know, obviously it's different now, but David Shaw and Sean Payton were both assistants with the Eagles back in the day. So they have a connection. They can just text each other and he trusts David Shaw's judgment. So you draft Anders Pete in the first round. You draft Paulson Adebo in the third round of the 2021 draft. And so like, that's why you see those kind of, those schools coming in. Tennessee's the new one. Tennessee has become the new Ohio State where you have, Alvin Kamara, Marquez Calloway, Alante Taylor. I think there's one other, Bryce Thompson. You know, so those connections start to start to become clear when you kind of map it out. And I think that's what you see with Ohio State. 